Amen. I hope you're ready to worship the Lord today. Yeah, some of us are. Great. Man, it is encouraging and it's awesome to be together, Rick. It is awesome to see you back in church this morning, brother. Man, God is good. Man, if you don't 
get involved in our Wednesday nights, I want to, I'm just throwing a quick plug because there was a challenge that was thrown out to our men to pray Psalms 119. And I don't know if you've ever done that. And if maybe you're thinking you don't know how to pray or you're not good at praying, just read through the Psalms, Psalms 119, and begin to make those tones there your prayer. And I was doing that, and, and one hit me really strong. And I want to open up this service with that prayer this morning. And it is, God, I will follow your ways when you enlarge my heart. That's what the prayer was. And so I just began to pray, God, would you just enlarge my heart? Would you make my heart bigger, my heart better to open up and worship you and serve you? And you know, the beautiful thing about God is that whatever you need for a life of holiness, for a life of godliness, for a life of righteousness, he provides it. Maybe you're sitting there today and you're like, I want to love you, God, but I don't know how. God, I want to serve you. I want to follow you, but I don't know how. Do you know that God will give you everything you need for a life of holiness and righteousness? It's yours today. So can we ask for that, that God would enlarge our hearts, that we can open up our hearts and receive from God today? Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you today because you are our righteousness. You are our holiness. And we get that through your son, Jesus Christ, and what he paid for us on the cross. And so, God, we come today and we ask, would you enlarge our hearts? God, would you fill us with wonder and expectation of what you are longing to do in this place today? for the word that you have to speak over us, God, for the encouragement that you have to lift us up with, God, for the, the warmth and your pleasure in our worship today, would you enlarge our hearts so we can walk into and experience it? And God, we know that every time we see you, it gets better and better because we get to see a bigger and bigger picture of who you are. So Lord, enlarge our hearts, we pray today in Jesus' name, amen. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, oh, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, he is my song. You are good.
gonna let you're never gonna let me down you're never gonna let never gonna let me down you're never gonna let never gonna let me down you said, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. He reminded his soul, he reminded his self to bless the Lord at all times. And that's what we want to do today, whether we're in the darkest valley or we're on the mountaintop, whether we're recovering from surgery or our mom is dying. God is good. He can be trusted. He is sovereign. He is mighty. He's majestic. He is big. He is overall, in all, through all. And God, today, would you help us remind ourselves of your goodness, of your grace. And it's not that you grow, because you are. You are unchanging, immutable, unmovable. You've always been, and you always will be. But our perception of you grows. Would you let our perception of you grow bigger today? Would you let our, as Wade said, our, our hearts be enlarged? Would you let us know you in a new way? See new facets of your character that we might not have known before as we sing this next song out as a church body, that we see you better as you are good.
will sing of your goodness. I will sing of your love. Though the seasons come quickly, you have always been enough. Though the night may get darker, though the waiting seems long, you have always been faithful to remind me of your love. Cause you Keep on getting better. 
glory to God. Anyone grow up with someone in the home, a mom or an aunt or grandmother that was an English teacher? They're always correcting your verbs, your adverbs, your dangling popsicles and all those other things. That are. Well, as a preacher, some people think you're critical, but you always are listening to the words of songs and words in a sermon. And You know, uh, I love that song we just sung a moment ago. But technically, you know, he keeps getting better. No, he's the same. We're supposed to keep seeing better and keep hearing better. And we're supposed to... The better part is, oh, I've heard of you, but now I see you for myself. I'm not talking about mama's God and grandma's God. I'm talking about my God, faithful. John, where does your expectation come from? The Word and experience. The Word and experience. If he didn't give you but one verse, he said, now I want you to run all of what could be tomorrow through this filter. It would be this verse. Reason with me. If God spared not his own son, but delivered him up for you, for your sins, while you were his enemy. Will he not now also with him do everything else that you might need for life? My expectation comes not in my ability to pray, but who I'm praying to. It's not my faith, but who my faith resides in. And his faithfulness. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but you need to know that morning always comes. I didn't share with her what I'm preaching on today, but it's set me up for what we're going to share about, about songs in the night. Morning always comes. I'm no stranger to sorrow. I'm no stranger to loss. I'm no stranger to depression. I'm no stranger to wanting to just Pack it in. But I've learned. <laughs> say, brother, what do, I, what do I need to do? Just live. And as sure as the sun comes around, morning will break. Morning always comes for the believer in him. Father, I just thank you today for your goodness. Oh, are you good? You are wonderful. I have no complaints against you, no grounds for divorce. You are faithful, faithful, faithful. And God, I want to honor you, not just with my gratitude, but with my expectation. I believe that you are so good, Lord, that your goodness will find me wherever I am. Even if I'm not anticipating it. Because that's who you are. For that person that's weak today, Lord, let them understand that they are a prime candidate for strength. For the one that's, the clouds just won't dissipate. You can be the light in their Goshen. I just thank you, Lord, that we are kept. Oh, I hear it in my heart. We are kept by the power of God through faith. It's not my grip on you that I'm confident in. It's your grip on me that I'm confident in. Blessed be your great name. 
I pray, O oh Lord, that you would be present with us in all the parts of this service that we've prepared for you. This isn't for us. We're not trying to please the visitors or the old-timers or the staff. This service is for you. And I pray for our giving, our preached word, and our response that we would leave today nearer to you than we've ever been, more affectionate with you than we've ever been, and more confident in your promises than we've ever been. For the glory of the Lord, we pray these things and believe them to be done. And all God's people said, amen. Would you give the Lord the shout of the morning this morning, would you? Oh, come on, saints. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Praise God. You may be seated this morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, my name is Kelly Wood, and on behalf of my husband, John, and the rest of our staff here at Christ Chapel, I want to say good morning and welcome to you guys. We are very, very, very glad that we get to worship here together today. I don't know about you, but you know, some mornings we've had a busy Saturday or a long day the day before. We could be affected by the pollen. You just don't know. But you might wake up in the morning and just not feeling a whole bunch of get up and go when it comes sadly sometimes to even coming to the house of the Lord but I have to tell you I'm so glad when I got here today um, I get the privilege of helping teach our fourth and fifth grade students and they are just so much fun and um, it just anyway God just showed up in a really cool way in our Sunday school today and I just love watching them grow together so anyway I'm so glad that I got here today and that God stirred my heart with his people so I'm hoping for you today if you find yourself in a place of just even just a little bit of like blah or anything like that that I hope that you're encouraged today by surrounding yourself with God's people because that's what he made us for to encourage each other to build each other up for just our example to rub off on each other so I hope you guys experience that today if you're a first-time visitor with us today I hope that you're greeted warmly as you came in the doors I know that our greeting team has been praying and planning for your visit all week. They're the ones who are going to help direct you um, to where our children's ministries are. They're going to be able to give you our information about our church, um, tell you about the Christ Chapel app. So if we missed you on your way in, if you would do me a huge favor and on your way out, if you just stop by that greeting table, we just like to put a gift in your hands. We're not going to track you down, but if there's any way that we can serve you, we would just love to. So please make sure you stop by there. I'm going to go ahead and ask them if they'll please play our announcement video so you can learn a little bit about what's going on, future events for our kids, children, adult ministries during the week, and then we'll come and continue to worship the Lord by giving our tithes and offerings. Good morning, Christ Chapel family. We have Baptism Sunday coming up April the 25th. If you are interested in following the Lord in water baptism, go ahead and sign up on the app or call our church office. Also coming up on May 2nd is our annual cake auction. Parents, if you have a student interested in signing up for the cake auction, today is the deadline. This is for all of our camps. This is for our family missions trip. So today, get your forms in the Student Center if you want to sign up. And for all other information, you can visit our CC app or visit us online at ChristChapelMacon.com or Facebook and Instagram at ChristChapelMacon. 
All right, guys, we've got our baskets up front. If you'll take just a moment as the musician plays to pray and commit your giving to the Lord as a family, and then um, we've got our baskets up here, and then Pastor John will come and pray. Stand with me this morning and turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. Thank you for being part of our geothermal um, uh, experiment here at the church. For those of you visiting with us, we have an artificial intelligence, uh, seriously, that was designed, uh, AC unit. And, uh, and our goal is to store up the cold in spring, and then in summer when we don't need it, it won't work. So just soak up all the cold we've got. In the sanctuary, from this view, people with wife beater tank tops just loving the cold and people with a king-size comforter wrapped around their family. So just know that we're aware of it. Can't do anything about it, but we are aware. We care about you. So make sure. It's like those phone companies you get. Your call is important to us. No. Anyway, is it okay to be joyful? Okay. Did you know laughter worketh like a medicine? Yeah, just, just an idea. Some of y'all hadn't smiled since the Korean War. You might want to try it. It's, it's good for you. Okay, Acts chapter 16. And it came to pass, Paul and Silas, uh, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us. And she had brought her masters much gain by soothsaying or channeling these demons. And the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God which show unto you the way of salvation. And she did this many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And the spirit came out the same hour. But when her masters or her owners saw that the hope of their gain were gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and under the elders and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and had them beaten. And that word beaten means with rods. Many stripes were laid upon them, and they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them, mark this in your Bible, into the inner prison, and made their feet fast or firm in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God. And the prisoners heard them. 
And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and was going to kill himself, because he thought that the prisoners had fled. So why would someone kill themselves, a, a, a prison guard? What, I mean, death is the ultimate, no. If a prison guard lost his prisoners, whatever their crime was, they were to receive that punishment. So they could have been tortured many times over before they died. That's why this man was considering killing himself. But Paul cried out with a loud voice to this guard, Do yourself no harm, we are all here. And he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sir, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that means have a firm, reliant, exclusive trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your house. Now, give me just a moment here. That does not mean if this man believes his house will be saved. It means that this gospel that saves you can save everybody in your home, regardless of how crazy they are or what their history was. It's good for all. It's a whosoever will. And the jailer took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his family. Bringing them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And when it was day, the magistrate sent the sergeant, saying, Let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. Now, Paul is a bad man. If you read Acts, Paul is severe. Paul replied, you beat us openly, uncondemned, and we're Romans. Forgot to mention that to him before. And having cast us into prison, and now you want to get rid of us privately? No, come and get me yourself and lead me out of here. Paul is bad. I just love Paul. And the sergeants told these words to the magistrates, and they feared when they heard they were Romans. Oh, yeah, because the Romans would come and said, you beat this Roman and just kill him. No, no, no trial by jury, just dead man. So they came and besought them. King James means, please, will you leave? That's what besought means. And brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. And they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they'd seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. Stand with me just a minute more, just a minute longer, and I'm going to pray, and you can be seated. What this story is not, it is not a lesson on how to get out of your prisons. It is not a strategy being taught subversively how to move the hand of God. It is not a lesson taught in the scriptures on how to use your words to change your circumstances, how your confession creates reality, and how your beliefs can manifest your desires but what it is what it actually is is a bird's eye view of average believers with great callings and how they navigated the worst times of their life would anxiety override their faith would their pain blind them to the goodness of God would mistreatment lead to bitterness and persecution cause them to no longer stand up and stand out what happened was they did what they've always did they prayed about where they were and sang about who God was. They prayed about where they were, but they sang about who God was. They spoke to God about their troubles, but they sang to God about his goodness. They did not forget in the darkness what they knew in the light. 
Say it again. They did not forget in the darkness what they knew in the light, and they determined to keep their channel of prayer and praise broadcasting even through night seasons. I got a word for you this morning. I want to talk to you about songs in the night. Would you pray for me as I pray for myself? Father, I just humble myself before you today. You know me thoroughly. Uh, you know my down-sitting and my uprising. You know my thoughts so far off before I think them. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, but I have nothing that can help anyone unless I speak your words and you anoint them by your spirit. And so that's what I'm asking today, that you would use me as just a vessel, a container, and allow me, O oh Lord, to do your will in this house. May I be lost behind the cross of Jesus Christ, and may these words be spirit, and may they be life, and may they bring to life those that are outside of fellowship with you, and bring back to life those who the night has stole their song. And I pray it today. Let it be a miraculous day today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. When I go to church and I hear an introduction like that, I like to watch people. There's some that go, Lord, I'm in the wrong place today because I'm good. There's others that say, ooh, thank you, Jesus. I knew there was a word for me. And then there's the married couples. I hope my spouse is listening. You know, you got those are your three types. So wherever you are, I hope the word reaches you. I'm, I'm sorry. I just feel joyful today. Well, John, you ought to. Be more reserved. No, there's enough days where I don't feel. They kind of, you got you to gotta live in each one, right? Okay. People who sing in the night. I'm talking to you, the believers. I'm talking about those of you that have the capacity, the will, and the intentionality to broadcast your channel. You are a radio channel. Some of you have dead air. plays all the time. <sighs> Oh, this is going to be so good today. I'm going to get my own CD. I'm ordering it right now. Some of y'all are all commercials. You know that radio channel plays one song you really like and then 35 minutes of commercials. Some of y'all, we don't know what you play. You got country rap one minute and then heavy metal one minute and something. Your life just broadcasts all, whatever you're just feeling in that exact second. And, and it's, you know, it's just off the wall. But there are believers that have horrible days and good days, average days, mountains, valleys, plateaus, but their channel broadcasts two things, prayer about where I am and praise about who you are. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God at midnight. People who sing in the night, if you're taking notes, number one, they do it personally. Choirs don't sing in the night. These songs, no one gets to rev it up or set it up for you. The only way it comes out of you is if it's been put in you to start with. You cannot give what you don't have. God will not praise for you, and other people cannot praise for you. It's personal. Night praise is very revealing. It has more to do with who we are than where we are. Night praise can be spontaneous, reflexive, or intentional. 
David said in Psalm 77, I remember thy songs in the night. And by night I mean this, I don't mean just the evening hours. When your life is dark, which means you can't see. I can't, I know God's there, but I can't see him. I can't feel him. And those of us that live in the country, Kevin, I know y'all like us. Ain't no dark in the world like country dark. You, you cannot, when I say you can't see your feet, you cannot see. And you're like, is there a well on this side of the property? I don't remember the edge. You just, you can't see. And there are seasons in your life when what you knew yesterday, you can't see today. And many people give way to fear. Others give way to doubt. But most people just sit down and shut up. And the truth is, you can know your path so well that you can walk it in the dark. You can turn this way. And you can broadcast, God, I ain't got to see you to know that you're there. I don't have to see answers when the king of kings watches over me. Even if, if I don't hear, that don't mean you're not broadcasting. So I'm going to remember today. And as for me, when heaven tunes into my voice, I want them to hear me things like, I trust you. Honesty and praise at the same time. These people who sing in the night, their motive is cause, not comfort. My songs are not get me out. My prayers are get me out. My prayers are, help, up in here. King James, help, helpest thou me. Help, God, help. They prayed. I know they told him about the mistreatment. I know they told God, I, we were in your will, and we had the dream to come over to Macedonia, and we're on our way, and we're, we're doing all we know to do, and they took our shirts off and beat the skin off of our back. It's gone. There's ribbons hanging from our back. We're cold and we're hungry and we're naked in this limestone prison and it's dark and I can't see you and I can't feel you. But God, while I have a chance, because I don't always have chances in prisons, I want this to go down in the record book as a time when I reminded you that I love you and I appreciate you. And when I look over my shoulder, not just where I am, but where I've been, you have been wonderful to me. And I praise you, not for comfort, but out of a cause. I want the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be pleasing in thy sight, O oh God. Just remember this. It takes no effort to withhold praise. You pray, your praise is an issue of will. Nothing more and nothing less. Even the trees of the field can clap their hands. It's quiet in here. This praise, these songs in the night. And what do you mean by that? Well, I mean after you bury your child and no parent should have to ever bury their child. When your spouse of X amount of years walks out when your children forget you or your parents abandon you. This is what I mean by nighttime. Listen to this. When someone sings in that situation a song that was designed for God's ears only and they bless him, it can tremble. It doesn't have to be on key. It can be out of pitch. It can be weak. But those songs sound like no other. They feel like no other. 
and they are heard by others like no other. The effects and influences of those songs change the person singing it and change the people that hear it. So they see us at work. Wanda, we go to work and we've buried more people than our friends. So how are you doing? You say, you know what? It's been the hardest year I think we've ever had as a couple. But God has been so faithful to me. You see the balance? You see, I just, I, I can't just tell you about who I buried and not tell you about the great reunion that's scheduled for us. I can't take one side and talk about who I've lost and not tell you about who he's kept. I have to mix with my situation the goodness, the kindness, the faithfulness, the preservation of God. I have to do both. People notice when people sing in prisons. Most people curse in prisons. Good Pharisees just get quiet in prisons. Once you do something for me, I'll praise you. We say this, but we don't believe it. If he never did nothing else for you in your life, you should spend eternity. I should spend eternity. I'm, we're all overpaid. Do you understand? I, I just submit. Listen, I am a simple, simple guy. Simplicity works for me. We're all in agreement that we deserve hell. Well, if you deserve hell, how could you deserve anything better? So every single thing we have is bonus because of Christ. So prisons and night seasons and suffering is part of every Christian's journey. It's not an issue of are you going to have them or are you going to come out of them. It's how will heaven record that moment to be played back later at a later date. I want to have tearful praise. I want to have praise that is guttural. I want to be able to wipe tears with one hand and lift the other. I want to sing over open graves. I want to sing in empty homes. I want to sing next to a crib that's empty. I want to sing when my body is racked in pain. Not to put on a show. And it's not to put on Facebook. It's for the ears of God. It's for the ears of God. But know this. That if you praise from your prisons, people will notice. It said they heard them. May we never be known as fair weather, fair weather faith, fair weather joy, fair weather hope or praise. Nothing comes out in your night seasons that wasn't deposited in the day. One of the reasons we can't dig it up in those seasons is because we didn't fill it up in the daylight. How many of you are old enough to remember or have enough history, you remember old Wesleyan minister, bygone generations, called Uncle Buddy Robinson. You ever heard a couple of you? Oh, okay, look at us. Some of us white-headed people, we remember. He was an itinerant evangelist during the tent revival day, and he had a horrible, I'm not making fun, I'm just wanting you to know, it was, it, it, it was horrible. I mean, you really, you had to be anointed. If you stammer and preach, you have to be really anointed for it to work, you know. Seriously. And Uncle Buddy Robinson, was, he, 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 he was good. But when he preached and get anointed, he would sound pretty like he didn't have the impediment. So he was in an open-air tabernacle camp meeting. Just it's a simple story, but it, it, it demonstrates perfectly what I'm trying to say here. And they're all out, and, you know, the people are driving by in the new 
Ford cars and everything, and they start hurling rotten fruit and tomatoes at them on the stage. It's like, pow, 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 you know, eggs, pow, pow, and it's hitting all these preachers on the stage, and you hear these four-letter words start going, <laughs> y'all know Christians do that? They're not supposed to, but they'll, they'll let them go. They're like, I'm saved, but I cuss a little. You know, uh, four-letter words were like, and one of those eggs hit Uncle Buddy Robbins. He goes, praise the Lord. It's just the way it happened. So long story short, after the, you know, they clean it up and they preach and everything, they go to the back and the host pastor said, Uncle Buddy, I am just so embarrassed. I've waited years for you to be here. And then this thing happens and, you know, I cuss and you praise the Lord. He said, you know, there's, what have you done for the Lord in your life? Well, I cussed in front of Uncle Buddy Robinson, preaches around the world. You know, that's my claim to fame. And then he said, oh, brother, that, 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 that's okay. When, when, when an egg hits you, it, 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 it was cussed in you. That's why when an egg hits you, it just, it just come out. But praise was in me. Now, that doesn't mean that praisers don't ever say things that are wrong. What I'm telling you is don't be surprised in night seasons if you had nothing to say when you didn't fill your tank during the day. With the words of God, with the spirit of God, with the awareness of God's blessings, with gratitude, you can only give what you have. Some of you won't. I don't know what he preached about except Uncle Buddy Robinson. I remember that now. That's a good story. Number two, people who sing in the night are no strangers to spiritual opposition. Paul and Silas were just living in the will of God. And the world spirit was against them. Principalities were against them. Spiritual wickedness in high places were against them. Opposition. Those that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. The world experiences night seasons as results of their choices. Wrong choices. We experience night seasons because of right choices. As well as wrong choices. In one aspect... It's harder. Okay? You're going against the wind, against the grain. Their opposition was a spiritual one, an irrational one, an angry opposition, a bloodthirsty opposition, a consistent opposition, a predictable one, an avoidable one. All you have to do not to suffer persecution is stop standing up and speaking up, just blend in and be non-existent. In basketball, you get an average player on the field. There are five on the court, five on each team. And oftentimes, the team will let the worst one alone and double-team the best one. They said, leave him alone. He's not going to score anyway. And there are Christians. You hear people going through all this. You go, I don't know what the problem is. God's good all the time, all the time. God's good. Hey, their life, there's just no, it's because nobody's guarding you. What do you mean? your life might not make a difference. But you determined to teach the Word of God or preach the Word of God or share the Word and love of God or be an evangelist or let your light shine at work or stand up for Him and all hell will notice you and they'll drag you before the magistrates and beat you verbally, psychologically, financially, relationally and the world, the professing church has learned that all I got to do is close my mouth and blend in. Chameleon. Can't we just all get along? We're all God's children. No, we're not. We're all his creation. 
We're not all his children. There's an opposition to this. I understand that if they called the master of the house Beelzebub, guess what they're going to call us? If they crucify Jesus and we walk his path, we're going to get some of the same opposition. When God says, when they do these things to you because of my name's sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad because great is your reward in heaven. Have you had opportunity to suffer for his namesake? If Jesus tarries, you will in this coming months. As it's going to cost more and more to be a vocal believer in Jesus Christ. This opposition shouldn't make you discouraged. It means that they recognize you're on the other side. I'm not part of this world system. I don't love this world, nor the things of this world. My citizenship is in heaven, from whence also I look for the Lord Jesus Christ, who's going to change my vile body and fashion it like unto his glorious body. This is not my home. Heaven is our home. All roads don't lead to God. Christ is the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that's why the opposition. Now, when I say ministry, I don't mean preaching on a pulpit. I mean using your life for the glory of God. You don't believe in demonic power and spiritual wickedness in high places. Commit your life to ministry. That's all I ask. God, I'm going to use all of my strength in life for your glory wherever I am. Demons will wake you up in the morning. Hey, good morning. Alarm's going to go off in about 10 minutes, but I wanted to make sure you were up and ready today. It's going to be a fun one today. And all hell will come against you. Why? Can they take anything from you? No. But they can silence your influence through intimidation. And that's what's going on here. They drug them before magistrates. Said they troubled the city. Well, of course they did. They're casting demons out. They, 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 they cared more about the person than money. And they ripped their clothes off and they beat them with rods. Laid many stripes upon them and put them in a prison. Their feet fast in stocks in the inner prison. Which meant it was dark in the prison. But inside the dark prison was an inner prison where they couldn't see their hand. People who sing in the night are familiar with no strangers to opposition. It's called resistance training. You guys, you remember when we used to work out? I don't mean going to get your mail. You know, I'm tired. I went and got my mail today. <laughs> I mean worked out. You remember you're learning how to bench and you're, you're so little your feet would go up in the air. You remember that, guys? Girls, you wouldn't understand this. The feet go up in there and you have your buddy hold you. And you learn how. You arch your chest. Don't bounce it. And you, just to put 245s on there makes it 135. And you're like, ah, oh, I just, I don't know. The first time you got up 135, you know, you're 125 pounds soaking wet. And you come off the neck. You just all bowed up. And they're not trying to be. Blood has flowed to places it ain't never flowed before. And look at him. So you got a little flagpole. He's standing up here with his chest bowed out. A couple weeks later, you put on 155. And he's just like that. But he just, you're getting used to it. You're getting used to it. Come back about two or three years later. Tyrone got 225 on there. Reps of eight. What happened? Resi he got used to heavier weight. His muscles tore, grew, healed, and he got stronger. Why would God keep putting me in more difficult and more difficult places? 
So your voice will get stronger. So your testimony will get greater. So your influence will go deeper and further. Not by being louder than anybody else. By being strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Confident in this very thing that whatsoever I've committed unto him, he's going to keep into that day. That's why Paul was so influential and, and what a leader in the Christian faith. You couldn't do nothing with him. He said, we're going to kill you. He said, would you? Please. See, I was just writing a letter to a friend. I'm torn between going to heaven, which I'm really ready to go to, or staying here because it's beneficial for y'all if I'm here. But if you'd kill me, that'd really solve my problem. Uh, what do you do with him? Nothing. Strong people, strong Christians are not scared of weak enemies. You cannot take anything eternal from me. Nothing. Now, I'm not, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you what I know. I'm 58 years old. I've lived with the Lord a long time, almost 35 years. I can stand in front of principalities and powers, understanding their might. I'm not, I'm not living in arrogance. But according to the word of God, I can stand with the Holy Spirit beating in my chest and mention his name. And demon powers, knees tremble. And I said, that's right. I said his name. You know the one, Jesus the Lord, who's seated at the right hand of God with all power in his hand? You don't even have keys to your own house. My Lord has the keys of death, hell, and the grave. You think you're going to intimidate me? Yeah, you can cause me... Uh, trepidation you can you can threaten me temporally oh i'm not fearful of you you give me just one second to process so that i remind myself that nothing can reach me that doesn't pass through the hands of god and my savior's hands have holes in them so i know he loves me and i'm good i'm good amen very quickly there's four this morning those who sing in the night are no strangers to earthly pain Physical, emotional, mental. The pain of contradiction. This is hard for me as a believer. The more you give, the more you serve, the more you surrender your life to God, you would think that the more all in I am, I give and I'm in, the easier life will be. So here I am. I am a preacher of all things possible and I'm sterile. Can't have my own babies. I got my own babies, but I mean, I can't. I can't. There, the contradiction. Here's Paul, doesn't know it. He's writing most of the New Testament, and he's thrown in jail by these cowards, chained to a limestone wall. His feet are in stocks. Have you ever, has your life ever not matched up with what you know? That's painful to know he's a healer. We have built our life on it and then struggle for a year or two with physical sickness. He knew the pain of contradiction, the pain of living in the will of God, the pain of suffering, of being misunderstood, misrepresented, maligned, and rejected, the pain of darkness. I just want to throw this out there. There's one thing hidden in this passage that we as Christians experience. When you're in a prison and your, your feet are in stocks, you're limited. So whether he was sitting or standing... 
You ever get so confined in, I can't go left, I can't go right? And Lord, I've given you my life here. It's all I know to do. And that, that testing period of being confined, it does not speak to your powerlessness. It speaks to God's sovereignty because, see, they don't say this in the church today. Now they tell you the power of I am and seven ways to a better you. They don't tell you this stuff. But when I came to Christ, the older saints would tell you when you're in those seasons where it's so hard, they go, stay there, God's doing something. Do you all remember that? Stay, stay right there, God's doing something. And you're going, what? Stay here in the prison? Yes, God's in it. And you're going, what? I remember hearing sermons about God purging you and, you know, the oven of God. And I was in the oven. Of, I heard a preacher say one time, I was, I was so young in the Lord. And I was like, yes. He said, I was in the oven of God so long. I had my own oven songs, you know. And, and you know, how long? You know, just druid. Um, you know. And he said, and one morning I heard the oven door open. And I said, ah, glory. Only to have God pull me out, flip me over to roast me on the other side and close the oven back up. What does he do in these prisons? Listen. Prisons do not make you. Oh, the storms make us. No. Oh, the prisons make us. No. Now, they're part of resistance training. But no, that's not the making of you. They're the revealing of you. Who you are comes out in the prison. When your leg can only go four inches, you said, if all I've got is four... I want to stand and use these four and tell you how faithful you are and how good you are. I offer you my praise in ICU. I offer you my praise when I'm maligned and lied about and misrepresented and people get to say what they want and all I have to do is take a microphone and straighten it out and humiliate everybody, but you've got me in the place of humiliation. You've got me in the place of of letting them say what they want to say and believe what they want to believe. And I'm growing smaller, but you're growing bigger in me. And prisons create a capacity. They, they, they hollow out. They create a capacity for you. Prison people, when they come out, they're not easily afraid. You've heard me say before that when you make it through the Red Sea, swollen Jordans don't scare you no more. You know what I mean by that? When you come through a Red Sea and a little swollen brook, it's overflowing. I didn't walk through this. Huh? Could it be that this prison, this night season, is preparing you for a broad place where you will not know anxiety? We'll kill you, Paul, would you? I've already, see, Here's us trying to hold on to our comfort. I want you to get this visual picture. A rocket trying to leave the earth. All this force against the gravitational pull and all this fuel and all this energy and inertia being extended until it breaks the... What happened? It broke the gravitational pull of this world and it entered space. There are Christians who had so much force placed upon them and they held on that they broke free from the threats and fears of this world. And they walk with God in a place of absolute security. That doesn't mean they don't feel. It doesn't mean they don't hurt. It doesn't mean they don't have bad days. It means 
They're not afraid of nothing. Is this helping anybody this morning? No strangers to pain. And finally, those who you hear singing in the night are no strangers to divine power. Most of my ministry, I see people take these passages and they try to use them as, this is what you do to get God to blank. No. But having said that, why would God record it for us except to know that in this instance, this is how he responded to it? I have found, as I watch believers, the joy-filled believers and the vocal believers see the hand of God more often. I'm just telling you. The ones that just proclaim his name and his goodness seem to see his hand more often. Is it reward? I just know what I'm... I don't build a doctrine out of it, but Paul, they doesn't record that he asked for an earthquake. He probably just said, you know, if you can somehow get us out of here. God said, oh no, I'm going to do something bigger now. I'm, I, I got you. They see the hand of God in ways that no one has seen before. Brooke, if, if you would come on up, please. They are surrounded by the power of God. Listen, because they are indwelt by the power of God. If you house God's spirit, then in your prison, when your cup runneth over, what comes out of you? Come on. Y'all stay with Spirit. So the same power I brought into prison comes out of me in prison. Prison is infused with the power of God, not because I sang, but when they locked me up. I house, now this earthen vessel, nothing to it. I house the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Did you know in your prison is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead? Isn't that something? These people who sing in the night are not only surrounded by God's power. They are eyewitnesses to it. They are indwelt by it. They are infused by it. They are purveyors of it. They are stewards of it. They are kept, sustained, and preserved by the power of God. And there comes a time in every season where God validates and vindicates whether it dissipates slowly or it ends with an earthquake. Divine power is a trademark of those people. It just, it follows them. Surely goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. It divine burst, if you will, where God fills a sterile man's home with three babies that look like him. I, I, can't, I can't do that. Kelly couldn't do that. When, when someone cuts a stream of revenue off to you that was supposed to be yours and there's great loss and God says, stream? <laughs> the earth is my footstool. I can run streams, rivers, lakes, lagoons, backwater. I can run it all. And he takes care of you with bursts of unplanned power. This is what you don't want to hear. This is what church people don't want to hear. Those experiences in the prison are ten times more glorious than the common ones. It's when there's no way out, the inner prison, when there's no light, when there's no hope, 
when there's no help. Do you, do you see in this story there's nothing on the horizon coming that they could see? And there's just these pulses of glory that come out of God to those that pray to him and sing to him. Expected and unexpected displays. Explainable and unexplainable displays. Visible and invisible workings. These people, God, I hope you're one of them. No opposition can hinder them. No persecution can dissuade them. No night can silence them. No pain can turn them. No prison can hold them. And no abuse can define them. I'm bigger than what you did to me. Their power, listen closely, is not only in what they say, but where they say it. I'm not going to use a long illustration. But one of the things I'm most proud of in my life is during the worst years of my life, you got to see me on stage tell you how good God was. I did it. I don't do a lot of things right. I did it right. Because I knew heaven was listening. I can see Paul and Silas in prison. And Silas, he's like, you ever felt like a possum for the Lord? You're just going to try to cross the road. I'm going to do something great for God. And an 18-wheeler hits you. You ever feel like that? Silas is like, first missionary journey. I'm naked. I've been beaten up. And we're in an inner prison. Praise the Lord. Welcome to ministry. So he's over here. You know, he's tied down. I'm not trying to be graphic, but in his own excrement. What we going to do now, prophet? Can't see him. It's time to sing, son. Silas, God is listening. And when he sang, God sent an earthquake and broke the foundation of that prison. Now watch. And he didn't leave. The jailer comes in and goes, he's about to come. Paul's, hey, hey, come let us out. Don't keep you know, you got the key, man. You can't kill us. You got to get us out. No, that all their chains had fallen off. He said, hey, come here, come here. Don't, don't, don't kill yourself. And he said, what must I do to be saved? And he led him to the Lord. He preached the gospel to him. Well, if I'm in prison, in the inner prison, and I'm not clothed, I'm looking to get clothed and get out of the prison. Paul would say, why would you want to leave where God is? We're getting out. I can prove to you we're getting out. Look at this prison. But i got to do something for God first. That's the thing about praise. It's not how loud we can get in here on a Sunday. It's how consistent you can be on Monday. Their power is not only in what they say, but where they say it. Their power is not only in what they pray, but where they pray it. Their power is not only in, in what they sing, but where they sing it. Their power is revealed not in how they go out, go into night seasons, but how they come out of them. What I'm asking you to do is the most encounter-intuitive thing there is. But in this story, and in my experience, songs in the night reach his heart 
change your mind and influence everybody that's watching. You're going to get out. It's how you do your time in. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed about where they were and sang about who God was to them. One preacher said when God heard the song, he couldn't help it, and his foot got to tapping, and it broke the prison. Well, it's not great theology, but I got you. That was God saying, enough, enough. So when they got out, what was the moral of the story? Some preachers done wrote him a little pamphlet, how to get out of the inner prison, you know, these six steps. Paul said, no. You know what the glory was of this? And he'd take off his jacket in front of a room full of magistrates and Sadducees and Pharisees when they'd mock him and his message. And he'd stand there with his sagging chest of an old man. And he said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. What are you going to do with the Apostle Paul? Absolutely nothing. May it be said of us, James, that we walk through the night seasons with our head held high and our voice lifted. May we in our pain sing praise and offer unto God. However you're going to do what you're going to do, know this. My channel's going to be broadcasting in stereo, 4K, high def, streaming. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? Brian, do we have that song cued? Joshua, you asked him. I sent it email. I didn't check with him. Is it cued? We ready to go? I just want you to listen to this and for whoever it is for this morning, maybe it'll be the echo of your heart this morning. so good to make it this far and I didn't think I could take it so long there were days I wanted to quit and I said surely this is it but I held on and I've watched as so called friends turn and walked away and it hurt so much I didn't have words to say but even when my day turns to night and nothing seems just right Lord I thank you for for my life for my life Lord I thank you for every victory in you I've seen And all the moments I know Lord, it was you who kept me So I thank you for, for my life And I've watched you take my family from there to here and when times were a little rough, God, I know you were near. 
thank you, Jesus. And the moments I thought I'd fail, I was reminded of your nails. So I held on. And if I never live to see another day, there's nothing I would change or take away. I've had so many ups that they far outweigh my downs. Lord, I thank you for my life, for my life. Lord, I thank you for every victory in you I've seen. But I'm still here, oh, with my life. So, for my life, Lord, I thank you for every victory in you I've seen. And for the moments that I know, I know you kept me. Yes, Lord, it was you who kept me. So I thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for, for my life. It may not be all that I'd hoped for. And every dream has not yet been But to see your face one day, God, I know it's all going to be worth it, yeah, yeah, Lord, so I thank you for, thank you for every mountain, every valley, God, every, everything that you brought me through, thank you for, Time to say thank you, Jesus, for my life. God, thank you for the night song, for the ability to sing in the dark night. The ability to raise our voice when that's all we have. Oh, thank you. Thank you that the anchor holds in the midst of the toughest gale, of the strongest winds, the anchor holds. God, and we can hold steadfast, not holding on to you, but you are holding on to us. 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. You haven't let us go. You didn't let me go. You didn't let me drown. You didn't let me fall, but you held. Oh, God, give us faith in you to hang on. We pray. Lord, be with us as we leave. God, let our song. God, I just believe you want to raise a song in our hearts. Would you do it this week? God, would you let that song raise up? Would you let it raise up? Let our voices open. God, your word says you give us everything we need for a life of godliness, Lord. God, sometimes it's a night song, and I praise you for it. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you, church. Go with God today. Let that song come out of you. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed to let it ring out. Amen? Amen. Are you encouraged by this this morning? Praise God. I want to invite you to join us tonight at 6 o'clock, either online or up here in the, actually, we'll probably be in the conference room or the grill. Um, but come join us. We're going to talk about this deeper and uh, dig a little more into this. Amen? Love you guys.